You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Anyway, we are in part four of Hey Jude, and I'm super excited to bring this series into land today. And um, I've got a word really hot on my heart. I've got some stuff I really want to share with you. But first, I just thought, if you don't know me, I thought I'd share a little bit about me with you. The first thing is, I really love musical theatre. Can you tell? I really love musical theatre. Like, I'm kind of slightly a obsessive about it. Uh, I actually counted up this week, and I (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this in public, but we're family, so it's fine. I've seen over 100 musicals. Um, That's not the duplicates, so Les Mis 12 times, Hamilton 4 times, you know, that sort of thing. Over 100 musicals. I love it. I'll book into the theatre. I'll go. I'll get my program. Yes, I've got a program for every musical. You can come around and see the collection. Uh, I've got a program for every musical. I get into my seat, and I'm like... The theatre, it smells musty. I know it's going to be good. I've got my programme. I'm looking at the stage. I hear the band, the pit, the orchestra kind of starting to warm up. And I get this like, I'm excited. And if I'm there with Joel, I'll start doing this on his leg like, I'm really, really excited. And he's just like, shut up. Um, Because that's just Joel. And uh, I get really excited and then it happens. Boom, 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 boom. It starts. The music starts and I'm like... Thank you for the Hamilton reference, Micah. The music starts, and I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm in, I'm ready. Give me all the choreography. Give me the acting. Give me the singing. Give me the dancing. Give me all of it, the production, the lighting. I love it all. I love it all. And then you reach um, uh, the interval, the intermission. And I'm like, what's going to happen next? This is so good. Act one has built you up to this amazing point. What's going to happen act two? I'm so ready. I'm like dissecting every little bit of that first act I've just seen with whoever I've gone. I apologize. It's just me. It happens. Every little bit of like, did you see this? Did you see that? They're like, no, Sarah, I just was having a nice time. And I I love it. I absolutely love it. And um, there is nothing better except for one time. Yeah, uh uh-oh, indeed. I, as a very diligent, loving wife, I know, thank you, booked for my husband for Christmas to go and see a musical. I know, I took one for the team, what can I say? And um, I booked for Joel and I to go and see this musical. Now, I knew he kind of wanted to go and see it, so I was like, it's fine, babe, I got you. I'll book us tickets. Uh, Not really one that I wanted to see, but he was was excited, you know? I I, I did the right thing. And I sat there, had the program, sat in my seat, got the like buzz, the excitement, I'm ready to go. And then we reached the interval. And quite frankly, I wanted to leave. I know, shock, horror. I was like, babe, this, this is not the one. This is, this is not, no. And he's like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, no. But you know, diligent wife, I sit through, I sit through act two. And do you know what? That's two and a half hours, I'm not gonna get back of Thrill Alive. It's just not going to happen. I will talk to you afterwards if you disagree. But I just, it wasn't the one, and I just wanted to give up. It's not like other musicals. In Act 1, it builds up like Les Mis. You build up, you get to the interval, and then the second that comes, it's glorious. It just, it wasn't great. Maybe you've watched a movie, a series, and you've just gone, this is a bit dull to start off with, you know? You're like, oh, I don't really want to read the next chapter. I don't know if I can be bothered going on with this series. It's just not great. I can't be bothered. And then... 
you find out from someone later on that like episode four was the best episode of the whole series. And you're like, I only made it through the first two. Why didn't I carry on? It's all about act one into act two, the next chapter in the book. And I want us today, as we look at the book of Jude, is to look at it as two halves. We've had our first three weeks and we've kind of had the warm up the act one. And today I feel like we're getting to act two, where we're going to move in to the second act. Now I love it in uh, the book of Jude. It's not a long one, guys. So if you want to be like, I read a book of the Bible today, it's literally like one bit of paper. You're good. Like you can tick that box. Now I love it not because I just am not good at reading, but because Jude is like, I'm getting to the point. No fluff, no frills, no like extra little bits to make you feel good. He like goes directly in, straight in with what he wants to say. And um, he basically saw what was going on in the church at the time. Looked at the people, looked at what they were doing and is like, I'm here to sort this out. I'm here to sort this mess out that you've got going on. And today what I want to bring out of Jude in our final installment is that we've got three things I want to look at. Because we're, we've got a fight on our hands. We've got a fight on our hands. And the first one, I hate to say it, church, but welcome to the fight. You're like, Sarah, I just thought I was coming to church today to feel warm and fuzzy. Well, brush off your feet, your feet, brush off your shoes, get ready, welcome to the fight. And um, if we're honest, fighting isn't fun. Fighting isn't fun. It's not a, you know, like one of those things like, oh, yes, I woke up today and I'm going for a fight. It's not a fun thing. But he makes it really clear in the beginning of this, uh, this book that we have to contend. We have to battle. We have to grapple. We have to wrestle. We have to fight for what is holy. We have to fight because contenders are contested. We have to battle and fight for the faith. You know, what makes a champion is not his trophy, but his opponent. What makes a champion is not his trophy, but his opponent. That feeling, you know, when you're battling for something, you're grappling for something, and actually you just win by default. And you're like, well, that, that doesn't feel like a win at all, does it? It doesn't feel like you've had to, you really had to go after it. Blood, sweat, and tears. You really had to grapple for it. It's just like, oh, I just won by default. Don't get me started on Liverpool, Premier League, COVID. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, I went there, I'm sorry. When you don't have to fight or battle for the win, it's just handed to you. But what we're saying today is that contenders are going to be contested. You're going to have to fight. Welcome to the fight. How do you celebrate if you didn't battle for something? It means something when you fought for it, when you've gone all out. Welcome to the fight. In Ephesians 6, it says this. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flames, the flaming arrows of the evil one. If you're going to live in the bullseye of God's will for your life, you're going to have to expect the arrows. Those who live in the bullseye have to deal with the arrows. If you're going to go after what God's truly got for you in your life, what he's called you into, what he's given you a plan and a purpose for, it's not going to be smooth sailing And I'm sorry I'm bringing this up today, but it's the truth. Things are going to be rough. Things are going to be tough. But when we contest and we battle and we fight for something, we know on the other side, it's worth it, right? It's good. It's not like something you just win automatically. It's a battle. It's grappling. But you know it's good on the other side. It comes with the territory. It comes with what we sign up for when we say yes to Jesus. But you know what, church? I know in my life, 
As someone who said, yes, Jesus, I want to live your will, your plan, your purpose for my life. Yeah, I've had hardships. I've had hard times. I've had things that have made me weep and have broken me. But I get back up because I know that God is good. Because his plan for me is amazing. Because he loves me. Because he says, you're my precious daughter. Because I get to live in the freedom that Christ brings me. That I get to know what it's like to have plan, to have purpose from the almighty one, the king of the heavens and the earth. He says, you're mine. Walk in step with me. I'm going to fight. I'm going to contend. I'm going to battle. I'm going to grapple. Because what's on the other side of that is God's goodness. What's on the other side of that is His plan. What's on the other side of that is a life full of faith. It is worth battling, fighting for. Welcome to the fight, church. Welcome to the fight. And we know in Jude, he's going after those in the church who weren't in line with God. It says this in Jude 4. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into license for immortality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign Lord. He is not messing around with his words. He is going straight in. The community has been infiltrated. Beware. Number two, fight for your community. Fight for your community. He is not messing around, mincing his words. He goes straight in into this verse. He is calling out the people that are not in line with God, the kind of ungodly, the unholy, the people are trying to distract, be distracted into what is not of God. He's going in hardcore here. He even says, um, he calls it out in um, verses uh, 7 and verses 11. He talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. He talks about Cain. He's like really going in. Verses 1 through 16 And it says in verse 16, and I really like this verse because he calls it out and he says, I'm calling out the grumblers and the fault finders. Ooh, hello. Don't know about you, but that just kind of, little bit of the arrow to the heart there. The grumblers and the fault finders. I'll be honest, I grumble. I know sometimes I come away from church on a Sunday, I'm like, oh, if we'd just done it like this. Or I'll, I'll even message Lee and say, could we not have just done that? I'm a grumbler, I'm a fault finder. But what I'm saying and what I know and the conviction I get is that there's more. And there's that God has something better. Is that I'm being called out in this to not pick holes, to not kind of go, what about this? What about that? But I'm being told, Sarah, keep your eyes fixed on this house, the goodness of God, the people of God, the godly people. Yes, am I going to try and help those who are getting it wrong, who are the ungodly that we're calling out in this? Am I going to try and help the fault finders and the grumblers? Yes, I am going to help them. Help them to see that God's plan is beautiful. Help them see that his house is incredible. But don't fret, he doesn't leave it there. (laughs) He carries on in Jude and he says this, Dear friends, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in um, in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. It's pretty cool. I'm going to read that again. But you, dear friends, hello, dear friends, hi. By building yourselves up in the holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves... In God's love. As you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. So we know. He makes it pretty clear. Don't be like the grumblers. (laughs) Don't be like the people who aren't going out after God's love. But he gives us the tools to fight. 
gives us the tools to help with it. He doesn't just kind of lead this all up and then just lets you go. He goes, no, no, here's how to do it. We've already looked in this series, build yourselves up in the word and in praise. And I don't know about you, but we've been building ourselves in praise today. My goodness, if you know me, I'm a praiser. Do you know what? At the moment, I'll be really honest with you, church. At the moment, I'm going through some rough stuff in my life, some health things going on. I'm good. Just keep praying for me. But I have declared and I have said that my breakthrough is coming through praise. I'm not going to wait on a Sunday to get to the nice, feely kind of ah, smooth music. I can relax into the presence of God. No, 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 no. I'm going to be hot off the top because when it comes to praise, it changes the attitude in my heart. I might come in feeling lousy. I might come in thinking, smile, fake until you make it. But actually, when I start to praise, my attitude changes because I'm like, oh, it's not about me. It's about him. It's not about what I'm going through. It's about the fact he's going to bring me through it. <laughs> it's about the fact that my breakthrough is coming through break through praise. Breakthrough praise is not just like this timid little thing. It is declaring that He is Lord. It is declaring that He is over everything. It is declaring that He's in everything, through everything. He goes before everything. That's why I praise. It's not because I'm the worship leader and therefore I should jump around. Uh Uh-uh. I praise because there's something in me that shifts, that changes, that this desire, this passion, this heart that is about the goodness of God. Doesn't matter how I feel. Church, it doesn't matter how you feel when you walk through those doors because he's bigger than that and he's better than that. And he can take your heart from feeling heavy to feeling light. But it takes you to do it. I can tell you this, but it takes you to do it, to go, I might feel awkward, but I'm going to lift my hand today. I might feel awkward, but I'm going to get in the praise pit because I hate to tell you, but it's not about you. (laughs) It's not about you. It's not how you feel. It's about him. Build yourself up in the faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Remain in Him. John 15, remain in me. So we see clearly, don't quit. There's work to be done. Welcome to the fight. Fight for your community. Four quick things. Position yourself to receive. In your life, in your diary, in your busy, busy week, where's your God time? Simple. Simple fact. Where's your God time? Is it literally in your diary? Do you write it into your diary? Or is it, I'll get to that if I have time before bed? Is it in your diary? Are you positioning yourself to receive from God? Are you putting that time into your lifestyle? What does it look like in your diary? How often are you reading your Bible? I was really challenged last year by some incredible women in the house to really get into the Word. And I'll be be honest, I've really struggled to read my Bible. And last year, I got alongside some incredible women, accountability. We read the Bible every day. We did the Bible in a year, something I genuinely never thought I would do. But accountability kept me going. And now it is a lifestyle. It's not even a habit. I wake up and if I get halfway through the day, I'm like, oh, I haven't read the Word today. I feel it in my soul. Make it lifestyle. Practice the way. Press into being like Jesus. Do people look at you and see Jesus? Do people look at your choices, the way you live your life, and see Jesus through your actions? Kindness, patience, uh, generosity through how you live your life. Can people see it? Pray. Pray yourself anointed. Pray yourself anointed. When was the last time you laid it all down before God in prayer? Like truly, really. Not like the offhand little prayer. I know for me, when I'm driving the car, oh, Jesus, just help me with this. When was the last time you paused, you stopped, you pressed in? Give time to pray for your circumstances and for those around you. And pass it on. Who was the last person you encouraged with faith? Like, how many of us have got a mobile phone? Pretty much everyone. It means you can text, you can WhatsApp, you can Instagram. 
really easily little messages, encouragements in the faith. Because we're a body, we're a people, we're a family. This is what we should be doing. Point three, and this is my favorite bit. Because we've had the first act, and now we're at act two. We're at act two, and we find in Jude that the fight for others. He gets to this point where he's like, do you know what? We've talked about us. We've talked about the internal. We've talked about us in here. But now we're going to start looking outward. He flips it from us to others, from us to others. Because your fight is not a full stop. It's just a comma. Verse 22, be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. From us to others. And I want to be really honest with you, church. I have a heart and a passion and a desire for, for others, for the others in the world. I do. And I just felt as I was preparing this, how often and how easy it is for us to get all consumed by what's going on in our lives for us. And today what I want us to do is shift as a body, as a people, as a family from thinking us to others. I feel it so clearly that we need to have a little bit of a shake up, a little bit of, okay, wake ourselves up to go, it's not always just about this, it's about this. From us to others. My heart cries out because when I think about it and I think about the things that we're doing um, in the life of church, which are amazing, but there are people out there who are broken. There are people in our communities who are lost, who have to go through life not knowing they're loved, not knowing that there is hope, thinking that when circumstances are hard and things are rough, all they've got is what they can muster within themselves. And I cannot do it, church. I can't accept that that's a way to live a life. I can't. I can't accept that people can go through life and not know that they're called, chosen, loved, accepted, that there's hope. I can't. And I will not accept it. But the thing is, we've got to do something. From us to others, church. The Great Commission, Matthew, it says this, and actually we've already had it earlier today, says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Therefore, go. It's his kind of parting words. It's the end of Act 2, dare I say it. His parting words, go. It's not like he says, okay, cool. Uh, okay, Micah, you can go. Not so much. Julie, maybe. Rich, not so sure. It's not like he kind of goes, you can go. You're not good enough. You can go. You're not good enough. Maybe you, if you do some work and read your Bible a bit more. No, 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 no. He says, go. Everyone. All of you. That's the rule. That's it. That's it. Therefore, go. All of you, go. Make disciples of all nations. Yeah, it didn't say go, but not you. It doesn't say you have to know all the answers. It doesn't say you have to have it all together. It doesn't ask for perfection doesn't ask for you to feel like you're holy. doesn't ask you to feel like you know your Bible, feel like you know where you're going. just says go. 
If you love God and you've accepted Him into your life, then you've got something to share. You've got something to talk about. You've got something to bring a life alive and that is the love of Jesus. Therefore, go. Romans says this, and I love it. It's one of my favourite things. Romans 10 in the message version. But how can people call for help if they do not know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to, be, to do it? Church, you're sent. I am sending you. If you've never heard it before, you're sent. Let's go. From us to others, fight for others. Where do I start, Sarah? How do I do that? I'm scared. Hospitality. Invite someone around, have a cup of tea, have a cup of coffee. Simple, easy. Hospitality. Serve others. Your work is your worship. Serve others. Serve the house. Are you on a team? Are you serving on a Sunday? And the last one is tell others. Tell others. Do you know what? We've got so many great things going on in the life of church. And I really hope and pray today that you feel stirred to get up out of your seat and move into a place of going, I've got something good. I've got something amazing. The love of Jesus Christ in my heart and I need to share it. And my prayer today is that if you're not feeling that conviction, that you will. That you will. And we're making it super easy for you, church. Easter Sunday, what an invite. What an invite. Come along on Easter Sunday. It's the other slide, but we got there. Easter Sunday, invite someone. Invite people in your world. It's a really easy invite. We're going to be doing loads of creative stuff. It's going to be epic. There's going to be stuff outside. But most importantly, we're going to tell people about Jesus and the true meaning of Easter. Serving the house, you can come along on Easter Monday. Get involved as we serve our community at the football club. It's going to be epic. All these things taking us from us to others. Fight for the community. Fight for others. Because it's a fight that you're in. But God gives us the tools. He gives us everything we need to win. To win. You're not on the losing side. You're on the winning side. And I just feel really clearly today as I've been preparing my message just that for some of us, it's a wake-up call today. And maybe I've gone in hard, but hey, it's what God put on my heart. That you need to lay down the things of what's going on in your life. Yes, they may be hard. To look beyond. To look beyond the four walls and go, who's in my life? Who's in my community? Who's in my world that doesn't know Jesus? Because it's just, my heart breaks, church. How can you not live a life with God? I don't get it. And we've got something beautiful to share. We've got something beautiful. Lay down your agenda and pick up God's. Maybe you've been too comfortable for too long, worrying about what's going on in your life and not looking outwardly. There's a really scary prayer, church, that says, break my heart for what breaks yours. Which means I'm laying it all down, God, for for what you are broken for. And that's the prayer I'm asking you, will you pray with me today? God, will you break my heart for what breaks yours? 
people that don't know Jesus, people that are lost and hurt and broken, but with just one touch from the King, it changes everything. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.